When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. He is Brian Robb from MassLive.com. He is Jay King from The Athletic. I am Sam Jam Packard, and together we are Still Potable! This podcast is brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sports book and the exclusive wagering partner of CLNS Media Network. The video version of this podcast is a, can be found on the CLNS YouTube channel. Subscribe, turn on your notifications so you can be here with us every time we go live. Audio version, obviously available wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want more Still Potable, go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash stillpotable, where we have podcasts for you Monday through Friday. If you want to hear this version ad-free, or if you just want to be with us as we break down every single Celtics game, every single day of the work week, we will be there for you. Go to patreon.com slash stillpotable, and you'll get all of the wonderful content that we are creating. Boys, we are coming together for a classic potable six-pack. This is where the three of us pick the six most intriguing, most interesting developments uh, that have occurred. Generally, we say since the last uh, week, but, you know, we didn't do a potable six-pack last week because the Memphis Grizzlies were uh, playing the Celtics on Sunday evening. So I'm opening this up. The last two weeks, general themes of – the six things that we find the most interesting Uh, because I won last week, I will choose the draft order and uh, I'm going to say it's going to go B Rob me, then J then we'll snake it around for round two. J me B Rob lead us off B Rob. What is the most interesting thing from the past couple weeks in Celtics basketball? I'm going to go with the, uh, the offensive slippage, if you will. It right stinks. Now, the it stinks, goddammit. <laughs> Not sure what's going on because they they obviously came out. Rob has with... never picked anything positive, and I love it. <laughs> that is not true. That is not it's true so at all. True. Every, we'll go back and check the tapes on that. It's negative. I'm just trying to balance it out, Jay. Damn it. Um, no, but I, I do think it's an interesting subplot if we're looking at the last couple weeks here because they came out out of the gate and everything meshed, I think, better than anyone would have expected right away, particularly with the starting five. And the numbers there are still quite good. Um, but within the last two or three weeks, um, there's been slippage in a lot of areas. And the shooting has kind of gone down across the board. The assist rate, which is what's well, never been great, has still been down. And they've, they've found other ways to win, to their credit, like against the Hawks on Sunday night. They went on the backs of their offensive rebounding and, you know, forcing turnovers and things along those lines, but it they've dropped down to, I think, you know, out of the top five offense on the season. So in my mind, I think this is probably something that's schedule related more than anything else. They've had like a brutal stretch right now. Injuries are starting to pile up here. Um, They've been playing every other day, essentially for three or four weeks. So I think that leads to drop off in a lot of these areas, but I wouldn't, expect the defense to be ahead of the offense at this point of the season um, from a statistical perspective. And it is, and I mean, they're still elite in both areas, but it's fascinating to me that the, the offense is the area that's maybe a little behind right now. I'm going to go, I'm going to zig a little bit or zag, whatever, whatever's the opposite of what you're doing. This is actually a good thing. The Celtics are winning. They are winning a ton of games. And they don't know how to play offense together yet. They just don't. <laughs> Last year, 
they had a similar start, but it was because everyone was shooting 50% from three. The offense was working perfectly. They knew exactly what they wanted to get at all times. Now it's like Porzingis has missed the last game and a half, but they don't fully know how to incorporate him yet. They don't fully know how to use Drew Holiday yet. They haven't figured it out as a team. There are other levels that they are going to reach with this group that weren't available to them before. And I think probably the biggest difference when Porzingis is healthy is that now your big man is involved in the actions. Last year, Al Horford was a spacer, right? He was stuck in the corner to shoot his threes, and he shot them really well, but you weren't bringing Al into the action. You weren't running tons of pick and rolls with him. You weren't having pick and pops. You weren't trying to get him the ball in the post. So they're learning all these new things about how to operate, especially with Porzingis. And I think it's just going to take some time. And so I actually think that it's a a real positive for the Celtics that while their offense has looked as disjointed as it has at times, they've still been able to win games. And their defense has still been great. And they've still had some games where, you know, the, the shooting looks like it used to, but a lot of the time they're winning without shooting well. And that's, that's huge for this team. They couldn't do it last year. Just could not do it. I'm going to both zig and zag. Uh, Ooh, zig and zag. They've been, I agree with that. They're, it's good that they're kind of finding other ways to win, relying on defense, kind of figuring things out as they kind of work uh, some new guys into the rotation, into the lineup. But over the last like nine games, they haven't just been like a middle of the road uh, offense. They've been one of the worst offenses in the league. I think worse than like Detroit Pistons level of offense. And I just don't know how like much you can turn that into a positive. Like they've come really far back down in terms of just their, their net rating. And I think it's just like, at least at the start of last year when they were launching so many threes, it felt like there was like a little bit more ball movement, um, you mentioned the assist rate, B-Rob. I did think it was funny after the game last night where Jalen Brown said he was shocked to hear that the assist <laughs> rate was down because he thought, in fact, the assist rate was up because it felt to him like the ball was moving more. Uh, but there's still just these portions of just very bad offense where when Tatum's in the game, it's kind of moments where they just don't feel like they're playing through Jason Tatum when they should be. Um, Jay and I talked out on the podcast last night uh, where – they did go to Jalen Brown in moments and they've kind of relied on him to do a little bit more playmaking. And so I think obviously there's going to be some growing pains in that, but I think like there's still, and we've talked about this before, the numbers with Jason Tatum off the court are always going to be bad because compared to him on the court, because he's amazing at basketball. Um, this is the only point I'm going to mention 12 pounds of muscle. Cause I couldn't figure out how to make it one of my picks, but 12 pounds of muscle. Um, but like it still is something that you would prefer them not to fall off this badly, and like they still play just a lot of isolation basketball. It doesn't feel like they're they're getting worse because they're really trying to work the ball around and failing. It just seems like they're the process of doing something other than attacking mismatches. Uh, it's pretty much what their entire offense is. And on nights when Jason Tatum doesn't have it. Uh, like we saw against the Magic, like I think we saw a, b- a bit against the Grizzlies, it really makes it, them struggle to score points. And I'd like to have them have some sort of formula. I guess they're they're approaching it and trying to work got new guys in, like Jay said, but it still feels like there's a lot of isolation-heavy basketball, low-assist games where um, the process just hasn't looked great. Is it is it better to kind of have that approach and maybe to – like obviously they're posting up more they're kind of playing in the muck more and last year it was beautiful it was free flowing a lot of the time but when you took that away from them they didn't know how to react and so I, to me it's like that, that's what Joe Mazzula learned last year is that it's not always about achieving peak efficiency during the regular season it's do we have answers when a team takes this away takes that away and I feel like they're just developing those answers right now. So I don't I mean, know. I, I, you I, can I see it. It's, it's certainly like there's no excuse for scoring 102 points against the Memphis team that they played. There's no excuse for the, the way that they handled the Orlando Magic game. Um, but I, I I feel like, like they're – 
they're kind of playing ugly. And and I think there will be a benefit to that down the road of, of learning how to kind of succeed ugly. Yeah, it definitely it's adding an element. I agree with Jay like that. Learning how to win in that way is, is a crucial part of this year because that's I think those are a lot of games, particularly in the playoffs that like that's it's not going to come pretty. Um, and so having whether it's whether it's using the offensive glass, whether it's getting to the line more, uh, whether it's, you know, getting creative defensively to force more turnovers and stuff like that, that leads to easier offense, leads to faster offense. That's good. But um, in my mind, like the bench is the only bench units with Tatum right now are the only units that show that the cohesion and the chemistry that you want from a, the passing, the good like sequencing of like. But the starting lineup better. is like plus 30 points per 100 possessions. So you don't think they've shown. Not lately. I mean, that? I'd like to see it in the last. I mean, we haven't seen them together for a while, I guess. So those, I think all those numbers are from probably the first couple weeks of the season. Um, but yeah, I mean, and, and that might be to their credit. Like maybe it's better to make things simpler for them because they have that easy mismatch. So you like passing with that group less is better because why would you pass more when you have a great mismatch in the Porsche post of Porzingis? Like, but wh- why can't they have both uh great ball movement and efficiency? And then the counter to that, when it gets slowed down, it doesn't feel like it needs necessarily needs to be an either or thing. Like I understand they're they're trying to like figure out more counters and like what to do and how to play in the muck, but do you have to give up the ball movement and like nice offense? Like it wouldn't be good to kind of get to that and then also be ability like and maybe that's something they add and like and as they figure out how to play to, with each other. I honestly think part of that too is just incorporating Porzingis, and he's yeah. going to be such a higher usage guy than Horford ever was last year, and a lot of the way that they created the two-on-one advantages last year that led to those sequences of great ball movement was they had Horford in the corner, the defender sagged off him, and they turned that into an advantage. And now, because you use Porzingis differently, even though he's more of a threat offensively, it's just a different process to get to an advantage. And maybe it's not going to look as pretty all the time. Um, And maybe it's not going to always end up in those same sequences of ball movement. It's just it's going to look different with Porzingis just because you're going to use him 100% differently than you used Al Horford last year. I think that's fair. All right, let's take a break here to hear from our sponsor, FanDuel. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about fan, joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options. You can do spreads, player props, over-unders, and much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Massachusetts 21 and present. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only, $10 first deposit required, bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com, gamblinghelplinema.org, or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Played smart from the start, gamesensema.com, or call 1-800-GAM-1234. And now back to the show. Well, we're back. Uh, pick two of the first round of the potable six pack goes to me. Uh, where I'm going to select the bench. I feel like it's both been good, but we've seen a lot more of it, which has been bad. Uh, I think we've seen <laughs> Sam Hauser kind of break out of a shooting slump. We've saw Peyton Pritchard play some of his best basketball. We even had some Luke Cornett games. Delano Banton started. Namias Keda did some things last night. O'Shea Brissett still can't shoot. Lamar Stevens played in the first quarter for some reason. Um, I think like the top end of the bench, like it's good to see Sam Hauser just be uh, brilliant from three. It's good to see Peyton Pritchard kind of emerge. Luke Cornett has done some good things, but and especially as kind of injuries pile up and, and guys continue to miss games and Al Horford's continues to sit on back-to-backs, no one has really emerged as a, uh, that 10th, 11th, or 12th guy uh, to really show anything. And so I think as good as you like, kind of feel about Hauser and, I guess, Pritchard, um, 
you just assume injuries are going to continue throughout the season. And the fact that no one has really come in and done anything reliably good, uh, I would say is, is something to note uh, as of this point, uh, just because at some point, like there's going to be games where they lose just because they, I know if Chris Tapps continues to be hurt, if Drew misses some more games and you're just like, you need something from the bench and no one past those first nine guys has really shown anything. So, B-Rob, what do, you, what do you think of the bench's kind of contribution over the last two weeks? Yeah, I mean, the bench, I think, is rounding into form. I, I get your point, Packer, in terms of, like, the guys, you know, 9 through 15, if you will. Like, no one's kind of running away with, like, earning a spot in that group. And there's been some some nice contributions here or there. But guys, I thought, you know, I think the favorites for, like, I know Shaper said or Lamar Stevens, um, you know, I would would have bet before the season, like one of those guys might be the, you know, the energy guy that comes in when they're out of play or two. That is not a here. But with that said, like the, I think the second unit's play overall and during this last few weeks has been terrific, especially alongside Tatum. Like those are the, the lamps. And I know like Jay and I had talked about before the year a little bit, like you expect those lamps to dominate teams when they're in the game because, you know, Tatum, and has for years because he's the maestro of that. And then you have enough shooting around him to make it work. And now it seems like with Pritchard shot coming around with Hauser, obviously been on fire of late. I think he's been shooting with a lot more confidence, like isn't hesitating at all, which is what he needs to be doing for that. And even, you know, for all of Luke Cornett's struggles at times defensively, when he's put in the bad spots, like he's also shooting 82% from the field. So like, I don't like all things considered, this is an area that we'll probably look at upgrading, you know, the, those spots in nine through 14, nine through 15 through the end of the year. But I think you've gotten a pretty solid trend right now from the bench. And I think as they get healthier here, that's something that they can build off of and maybe lean into more in certain games when certain guys have it going to kind of take the onus off of the, the starters minutes even more. It's neat how Joe Missoula has kind of changed his philosophy about managing the bench a little bit. I think last year he kind of had like a, a set group of guys that he wanted to go to. Now he's like, eh, let's see what happens if I throw Delano Banton into the starting lineup. Or like, eh, you know, let's throw Keta in there and, and see how he looks tonight. And and so that's a little bit different than than what he's done in the past. And I still think beyond Pritchard, Hauser, and Cornette, and, and Horford, obviously, but you you would love to see like one of the other wings emerge. Can it be Banton? Maybe I don't know. Can it be Brissett? Can it be Stevens? All of them have such broken jump shots <laughs> that it's it's difficult to envision any of them like really creating a ton of separation unless you know they start to knock down shots. They turn into super defensive stoppers, which I I guess is possible like Lamar Stevens started for the Cleveland Cavaliers for a large chunk of the season last year. But like, I, I just haven't seen a lot from, from the guys beyond um, the normal rotation players. And that like, that's fine. It's, it's not the biggest deal in the playoffs. Your normal rotation guys are going to be the ones handling those minutes. Anyway, against Atlanta, they were down Porzingis and holiday. And I thought like, it didn't really matter that they played, a bunch of minutes. It didn't really matter that they had Cornette and Keta out there for a combined like 25 minutes or whatever it was because Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown were very good. And at the end of the day, like if you have three of the starters, four of the starters available, they're going to have a lot of top end talent regardless. So you can have those guys carry the bench. I, I, I don't know though. I, I'm not sure whether they're going to need another player on that bench. It, it's possible that they do, but also I think Pritchard and Hauser have shown enough like that they've solidified their, their spot and Pritchard, like the way he's taking care of the ball goes, goes unnoticed, but he's had one game with more than one turnover since October 30th. Wow. And he's just really doing a good job of, of handling the ball off the bench, running the offense in a way that we haven't really seen from him before. Yeah, that's a really yep. yeah, that, that's a really good stat change in terms of like something that's just not noticed with him. Like I mean, everyone looks at those shooting percentages, but when you're 
handling the ball and not turning the ball over. That's a very big deal on a team that can be prone to that for some members. Less strength, right? But like, I'm not feeling like Lamar Stevens, you guys, I'm just looking at, he's only played 20 minutes total this year. So I feel like other guys have gotten, gotten like at least more of a shot. Like it's, and someone mentioned, just mentioned this in the, in the chat here. Like, do you feel like, I feel like he's due for a game where he just gets like, like Banton got last night, like get, get 15, 20 minutes after you see what he can do like in rhythm here. But I think because everyone he else gotta, is like, you got to do something on offense, though. That's, like, I mean, that's Anthony, true. <laughs> Anthony Elise is like in their offensive rebounds. We've seen him kind of handle the ball a little bit, can attack the basket. I don't know what Lamar Stevens gives you on the offensive end at all, other than just like, I guess, hustle. Offensive rebounds, baby. But that, like, does he do it better than O'Shea Brissett does it at this point? His post fades, baby. <laughs> we haven't even seen that. Yeah, yeah not much it's, of it. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's clearly not impressing in, in practice, whatever it is, so or in the preseason. But Yeah, I, I do feel like he's due for one of those games where Muslo's like, you know what, it's Lamar's turn tonight. Let's let's see what he's got. And and maybe while Porzingis is out, that's a chance for them to to try that a little bit, to go to a smaller lineup. Um, because obviously, like, you're going to have plenty of minutes in the front court available with Porzingis out and – I wouldn't. I wouldn't hate them throwing out like a a pretty small lineup with Stevens at center, even, and just seeing what happens. That might be crazy, but it could also be fun. I mean, new new Joe, new Joey curveballs might be do anything at this point. Your Joey pick, Jay. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Jalen Brown's playmaking. It hasn't been there all the time, but when it does. When it is there, it's promising. And he's clearly it's clearly something he's putting emphasis on. It's something the coaching staff is working on with him. They're empowering him to run the offense at times, including when Tatum was out. I thought the end of the third quarter against um who the heck did they play? I'm losing. I need Atlanta against Atlanta. <laughs> there you go. The, the lead is cut to six. Tatum gets subbed out. And they asked Jalen to run the offense, and he makes smart play after smart play to push the lead back up to make that game comfortable. And they not ran away with the win, but they were never in real danger after that. And I just feel like as long as he's willing to get off the ball quickly and as long as he's continues to try to make the right play, then that's going to pay dividends. It doesn't matter that sometimes he'll – throw the ball away. Sometimes he'll drive into traffic. He had one play against Atlanta where he drove into the paint and just jumped and like, just did something stupid. And that'll happen sometimes. Um, but you can tell that he's not judging himself by his scoring anymore from the stuff that he said, from the way he's playing. And that's huge. Like that's a good step for him. And maybe it seems like we're grading him on a curve, but I think he deserves to get graded on a curve here. Like if he's, not a great playmaker. He has not been the best decision maker. And for him to show signs of that and Kristaps Porzingis being next to him seems to help Jalen along with that. Um, but I, I just think, you know, over the long run and in the playoffs, Jalen being able to diagnose a defense and make the right play is just maybe the most important thing for this team. He and Tatum just have to be better in deep in the playoffs. Like they need to be great deep in the playoffs. They Jalen wasn't great against Miami at all. The year before that, Tatum wasn't great at all against Golden State, and that's why they lost. And so at the end of the day, like you need your two best players to be great. And Jalen learning how to read defenses and doing a better job of that is one of the most important things for this team all season. Yeah, the the buy-in from Jalen on that front is huge. And the fact that this is an A2 green grind to kind of whiff a, a couple of key new teammates that expect to have the ball in their hands a lot too, and Drew Holiday and Porzingis. So the fact that he's buying into that part of it, um, and he should, I mean, like that is, it's it's obviously a big sacrifice for him because it's not going to be, you know, you're not going to post the, probably the All-NBA numbers or even the All-Star numbers necessarily this year in that type of role, like from a points perspective and, you know, a shot attempts perspective. But to, like, I feel like that's the last thing that, defenses around the league will be have to throw out this deep like at the Celtics like when playoff comes around like hey can we get Jalen and Jason to make those mistakes like you've heard of Jalen the last couple of postseason like those key spots and if they are 
get better at that awareness, finding those outlets, judging when to attack, when to pull back, when to make the pass before you get into too deep into the paint and get into a shrivel there. Like that is something that is going to be the difference between probably a conference finals run and maybe a banner. So that the fact he's working on that so much this early in the year, I think bodes well in terms of where he could be on that front in, in April and May. When Tatum's on the bench, who do you think should be running the offense? Like, what do you think is the ideal kind of system for the Celtics? Say Tatum's on the bench last night or against the Hawks, we saw they kind of went to Jalen Brown and he made um, a number of good plays, which the great Jay King broke down uh, for the video last night on the Patreon. Everyone should go subscribe. But what do you think the best option is? Cause we've seen some moments of just like, okay, Derek White's kind of, kind of take over this game. Uh, just like kind of going to his right and playing in the pick and roll. We've seen Drew Holiday do some things. I don't know if I necessarily want the ball in Drew Holiday's hands consistently just as a decision maker. But I think if this team is like to reach its like highest potential, highest ceiling, if Jalen can be a kind of a go-to guy in those moments uh, as a playmaker, um, just because he is such a dynamic scorer and just his ability to hit tough two-point shots, they're not necessarily the most efficient, but I think in the playoffs, you kind of need guys who can go and create their own shot like that. Um, and just because he is that dangerous, I feel like if he can also add that playmaking uh, part to his game, that solves a lot of their issues of just like when what the offense looks like when Tatum goes to the bench. So I'm curious from, I guess, Jay, your perspective, Jason Tatum heads to the bench. Who do you think should have the ball in their hands at that point? I would like to see Derek White with the ball in his hands a lot. I would like to see Porzingis with the ball in his hands a lot. And, but you know what? Long-term and Drew Holiday probably needs more usage. Like his usage rate has gone just plummeted from when he was in Milwaukee. I don't think it'll be an issue. He's not the type of guy to make it an issue, but there's a stark difference between the way he's being used now and the way he was on the bucks. Long-term though, whatever struggles you have right now with Jalen, having the ball in his hands, it's going to pay off. It's going to pay off because that's what you need for him to develop in the end, at the end of the day. Like, can he run your offense when Tatum is sitting? Can he be, can he make the right decisions when a team double teams him or sends a ton of help is super aggressive against him trying to pick his dribble and all that, like the Miami heat do to muck it up. Can he handle all of that? And at the end of the day, he needs to be able to handle all of that. So I'm all for Jalen getting reps and all for the way the coaching staff has empowered him and, and run the offense through him in those times. I think, you know, it's right for him to, to want to add that to his game. And if he does, and if he gets good enough at it, then that's the type of development that could really matter. So at the end of the day, you can run more through Derek White. You can run more through Porzingis. You can run more through Drew Holiday. But I think you know what you have there. Whereas for Jalen, some of this is new, and and he just needs work at it. Yeah, it's if you're going trust rankings on that front, Jim. I go like Tatum, White, Drew, and pretty big guy can Jalen. So I think the key to the season now is for Jalen to kind of close that gap a little bit. And he won't be obviously. He's never going to be, you know, a true you know point guard like. Drew, but like at least be someone that you can like like have run bench offense for six minutes and you know and just know go through the right process like you're not gonna be perfect obviously but know like improve your reads know what's coming know who to look for and then that would just make defending this team just that much tougher because if Tatum when they're all in together and Tatum's off the ball like you're not gonna get a help defender coming off of Tatum like you're, you're not going to get a help defender coming off as much as Porzingis if he's hot. So, and then things get a lot easier for Jalen and, and company to attack. And I think it's really promising that he's that he believes he's playing some of the best basketball of his life right now. Because that <laughs> you, think, you think it's his delusions or promising? <laughs> no, I'm I'm just it it shows the buy-in. It shows yeah. that he's not just not worried about his points per game dipping considerably from last season when he was second team all NBA. When you're that good, when you reach that level, you can easily look at it and think, why do I need to change? What do I need to change after I was literally second team on me? They voted me one of the 10 best players in the NBA last year. And instead he's looking at it like, what else can I do to help the team? 
And what what else can I add to my game that helps us get buckets, not necessarily me? So to me, the way that he's viewing it is really important and shows that he's put faith in the coaching staff and and all their teachings that it's not going to be about points this year for each individual player. Sometimes it's like, can you get off the ball and throw a pass to Derek White on the other side so that he can then find Chris Stapps Porzingis cutting to the basket or whatever it is like just make the play that helps the next play and helps the offense. And the fact that he's bought into that is big. It is. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Jay, before we get to your next pick, we have to hear from our friends at factor this holiday season. You might be looking for healthy, convenient meals to keep you energized on your jam packed days. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal delivery service, can help you fuel up fast for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle while tackling all your holiday to-dos. Listen, the holidays are a busy season. I know I have exams coming up. It just takes all the thinking out of going to the grocery stores. There's no stress over meal prepping. With Factor, you can just choose from 35-plus weekly flavor-packed meals, fresh, never-frozen meals that support your healthy lifestyle and meet your meal preferences, and they're delivered right to your door and ready to eat within two minutes. If you're too busy running around to plan lunch to do all those things, you have meals ready for you in two minutes and they have a wide menu a wide a number of different options and so they also have a lunch to go option which is perfect if you just don't want to do that much thinking during the day so if you want meals healthy meals that are uh will save you time and keep you uh stress free go to factormeals.com winning 50 and use code winning 50 to get 50 percent off that's winning50 at factormeals.com slash winning50 to get 50% off your order today. Jay, lead off the second round with your second pick. In-season tournament failure. Bastard! Bastard! <laughs> that was going to be my next pick. I'm going to be scrambling for the next So negative. <laughs> so negative. In-season tournament failure. They had a chance to do something. They had a chance to make history. They still do. They, <laughs> We are recording this on what is today Monday Monday afternoon. The Celtics play the Bulls on Tuesday with the proper winning margin. They still have a chance to put themselves back into contention. In no, because Jason Tatum the doesn't inaugural like, in season tournament. Jason Tatum does does not care for a point margin. He doesn't care for that at the end of the games, and they yeah, need he, to win by twenty three. Yeah, they need to win by a lot of points. They they flopped against Orlando. They just played an ugly game. And the Magic's defense is great. The Magic are big. They're physical. They're young. They're hungry. It was just a, a gross, gross night for the Celtics offense. It was during they, the day, and I think the league deserves blame for usurping the in-season tournament by scheduling them on a – there's no reason that game had to be at 2.30. There's no absolutely no reason for that. They didn't want the Celtics in the tournament because the league always hates it when one of the big franchises like the Celtics are one of uh, you know what's the way scheduled at two thirty. Uh, dentist appointment. Yes, that's right. Two <laughs> thirty. <laughs> All right, that was bad. I'm I'm kind of sad you knew it though. It was a fairly obvious joke, uh, but B Rob, <laughs> what did you think of the the tournament failure? Yeah, I mean, this was one. I don't know if we go back to our predictions or preseason predictions of uh, Krause, but I feel like most of us probably had this in the the outcome. But yeah, because it's like they're set for failure here. Like day after Thanksgiving, long flight to Orlando, pretty brutal stretch. And I don't know. I guess Jason Tatum, out of principle, does not want to um, does not like the the point tactics at the end of the game. He doesn't like the tournament at does, all. No, <laughs> he was not, asked. No, after he the loves game. the court. He, he loves, loves the court. Yeah, he said he was a fan of the court. The he, only thing he doesn't like is does he love the, the court? He said he did. He said he did when he was scrambling, scrambling for something positive to say about the in-season tournament. And he was asked <laughs> don't, after the game. Don't tell Jalen about the courts. Don't, don't. But yeah, like, I, I, I honestly like. 
If you're one of the guys on the bottom of the bed, I would be begging Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. We got to win by 23 tomorrow. I need that 500,000. I need it because it, it doesn't, won't make a ton of difference to Jalen or Jason, Al or Drew Holiday, Porzingis. Those guys, they've, they make a lot of money, but $500,000 to Sweet Mihailuk, $500,000 to, Nemius Keta, $500,000 to Sam Hauser. Like, well, some of those guys I, got in the game against Orlando and didn't keep the point margin down whatsoever. Uh, Joe Missoula sure. said, he, yeah, he's going to take the starters out just because he's what was more concerned about injuries. And those guys didn't really help their, their own tournament chances. I think it's an interesting experiment for the first year of the tournament where it's like, do teams like the Bucks, the Celtics, the Nuggets, I guess the Suns, I don't know the specific standings. I know the Lakers for some reason went 4-0 in their tournament games. But do teams who are truly trying to contend for a championship and have a championship or bust mentality, is it at all like rational to expect them to really care about the tournament? Like It feels like the tournament's a way cooler idea for a team like the Magic, for a team like the Pacers, maybe the thunder even just like trying to establish themselves, kind of get some sort of winning on the board. But for the Celtics, like I think you could also make the argument that playing in the tournament would be bad for them. Like they're dealing with some injuries right now. Do they need to go to Vegas and add, I guess an extra game, more travel to their team? I don't know. Am I just coping because I was really excited about them <laughs> making the tournament and now I'm disappointed because I had to watch them lose to the magic. Perhaps. Um, but they better hope they don't play the Magic in the playoffs. They better hope they don't play the Magic again this season. Like the Magic, they just will not beat the Magic. The Magic are a dominant, dominant team against the Boston Celtics. Mo Wagner would be an all-star <laughs> if he only played the Boston Celtics. Mo Wagner would be all defensive team if he only played against the Boston Celtics. He's taking charges. He's screaming at people. He's just, I love the Mo Wagner experience. That is an absolute maniac. Luke Cornette has to watch his back every time he's out there against Wagner. But yeah, it's to your point, Jim, like they are going to go to the West Coast in two more, like where the, the, the week before Christmas. So for them to do that with Vegas on top of it, I do think big picture that actually probably would be better for them given where they are health wise right now, but certainly they don't give a shit about that. Like they want, they want to win those games. They, they didn't show up in Orlando. They retired. They played crappy offense and then, they let the magic run up at the end, but I guess it's kind of a credit to them. I mean, that was their only bad loss of the year from a, like, they've played close in every single game through six. Whoa, whoa, games. whoa. The Hornets was a pretty bad. Well, loss. a bad loss, like bad, like by margin, not actually like, at, like clearly they've had bad losses, but they've been in every game. A coaching genius, end. assistant coaching genius. Yeah, exactly. You can't, you can't Friedman. You gotta watch out for him. And their offense was pretty good there. Um, <laughs> Um, I got so worked up about the tournament that I forgot I needed to pick something. I was going to pick tournament, so great pick by UJ. Um, I don't know if it's going to be good enough to win um, this version, but we'll see next week when I determine the winner. I'm just going to go with injuries. Um, we have Chris Tapps, Porzingis out for seemingly another week or so. It's been kind of unclear when he's going to return. No real sense of when Drew Holiday is going to return. Um and the Celtics have done, I guess, decently in their absence. But how concerned should the Celtics be? I'm not sure what the exact issue was with Chris, Chris Tapps, but just like it looked it's like a, what a soft tissue type injury. How concerned should they be with just kind of injuries to their starting lineup? We've already talked about the bench a little bit and how they're good in their roles, but obviously they're not going to, you know, be, like you don't really want. Delano Banton starting many games or, or Namias Keta playing 15 minutes game, despite um, all of Portugal being behind him. I just said, I just tweeted shout out to Portugal uh, when Namaya Keta like, got his first basket. I think I got like 15 retweets and like 500 likes. All of Portugal is locked in uh, to Namias Keta. But how concerned should they be about injuries is this just like a one-time fluke thing with did, Chris you just, did you just go out of your way to hype up your tweet engagement no no 
I went to hype up Portugal's hyping up of my tweet engagement. It's different. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's my it's the support that Portugal was giving me. Not that I had a great tweet. It was a, not even a great tweet. I'm just saying Portugal was locked in on this. They had a lot of engagement. Season. Yeah, because of Portugal. Shout out to Portugal. They've got great drug laws. Um, wearing a shirt that says the war on drugs is bullshit, and the Portugals have taken that to heart. Um, so shout maybe maybe my first pick will uh, my second pick won't be injuries at all. It'll just be shout out to Portugal. Uh, okay, <laughs> shout out to Portugal. How concerned should they be about Porzingis and Drew Holiday injuries? Be Rob, not that concerned. I mean, Porzingis. It was funny when he posted on Instagram that you know I think before the Celtics said he was going to be out for Joe Muzo said he's going to be out for a week. Like, be back soon. Everyone assumed he'd be back. Oh, maybe he's going to be back for the game. Yeah, I did Sunday. not but, expect a week. Right, everyone's like, oh, he's out for a week. But, but think about this big picture wise for Porzingis' injury history. A week is nothing. Can you give when you when you consider the other injuries he's had? So yeah, if this is a situation, and honestly, this is coming probably at the perfect time of the year for both those guys to get banged up because the, the schedule is lightening up. If they don't make the in-season tournament, they're gonna have like a make a three-game stretch and maybe like or four-game stretch in like 12 or 15 days. It gets really light here around the in-season tournament if they don't make the quarterfinals there. So that's a time to get both those guys say hey, get 100 percent here. We'll get a look at some of these deeper bench guys. You know, it'll it'll suck against not to have him against the Sixers, but maybe Drew Holiday will be back by that point anyway. And um, yeah, I mean, uh, any any injury of Porzingis is worth you know keep a close eye on. But it seems like this is one where they'll just it times out well for them not to hurt them in the standings and not have to rush them back. Yeah, and there, there's enough of a hierarchy that when the Celtics are healthy they're not going to give much time to any of the deep bench guys. Like, Man. because you know your top eight is your top eight. You're not going to go much deeper than that, if any deeper than that on most nights. So, yeah, this is a time. Maybe maybe Banton starts to hit a stride. Maybe Lamar Stevens gets a chance and hits some shots and starts to make a push for a role. And those guys can only benefit. And Keta, too, like he's a young guy, very little NBA experience. So – all any time that he gets during this stretch could could be important down the road. All right, I'll I'll close it out here with the last pick, and I'll kind of not piggyback off of this, but I'll say this here. Um, and you kind of hit more on it a little bit earlier. Talk? More Portugal talks. More Portugal about? talk. Like let's 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 look at who else has retweeted Jam for Portugal, and um, <laughs> see how big his presence is there. Um, I'm going Joe Mazula minutes management and i think this is an area another area like we, we talked about how he's had the wild card factor this year he's made some i think important adjustments i think this is one key area where he's done quite well during the year because you look down the roster on a night-to-night basis right now and the biggest one to me that sticks out al horford 25 minutes per game that is probably the perfect number for him right now because he is someone i think the team had to lean on too much over the course of last year, part of that was, you know, just not having reliable, healthy bigs behind him. Part of that was probably using him a little bit too much, leaning on him a little too much to win, to get that one seed in the regular season. But this year now, it's like, okay, if Al's going to have a 15, 20 minute night, that's fine. That's like, that's good. That's take that, bank that. But then you have nights like we saw against the Hawks where like, okay, we need more from Al tonight. And he, he looks, like he's got a lot of energy, a lot of pep in his step, like getting 15 rebounds, the most rebounds he's had in over a year. So I feel like it's that type of game to game management is enabling more games like that where Al can kind of step up and give the team a little bit more juice and, and give them what they need on a particular night. And so I think you look at that down the board, like Porzingis is at 30. Like no one's at a number that's a little alarming. Like Tatum's still a little bit high, but Tatum's is just Tatum's third in the league in minutes per game. Same thing, oh, but, but I feel like. Jay King to... loves talking no, about We're talking about alarmingly high. There's only two guys, Tyrese Maxey and Fred Van Vliet, who are playing more minutes per game than than Jason Tatum. But that's the guy I'm not worried about his. Like, I'm worried about the guys who's going to wear down in the playoffs more. I feel like Al is atop that list. And everyone else outside of Tatum, like Tatum, I feel like calls his own shots for minutes. And at least with him, with Jalen Brown, those guys aren't playing. Maybe there was one blowout game where they played way too long in. But compared to this year to last year, like those guys are actually getting pulled when the game's decided. And that's, uh, I think, a welcome change and a, a good one by Joe. 
they played they were up they were in while the game was like a 30 point game against Toronto in the game that the Raptors bench then got heated when Joe had the challenge <laughs> with like three minutes left, whatever it was. So yeah, I, I agree he's gotten better at managing this. And I think this is him taking more of a like longer term look at the season. Last year he's talked about it. he wanted to get the one seed. And when you really look at last year, like there must have been so much urgency on his end. He wasn't even he was an interim head coach. Like things could have gone wrong. He could have just been stripped of his title, removed from the position. And so Hard. he had to have more of a short short term focus, especially early in that season. Um and so I I would guess he's more comfortable now. He certainly has more of a long-term view of things right now and and that's that's one of the areas for sure that that they've they've shown that okay speaking of minutes and i think it's a good place to wrap it up what do you think joe Missoula's approach is going to be in terms of minutes in terms of point differential say there's about eight minutes left uh against the bulls uh, on tuesday night and the celtics are up 12 and they need to push it to 23 to get that like lead. Does it mean maybe pushing those guys into like playing 36, 37 minutes? Jay, how do you think Joe was, is going to handle the minutes slash the gunning for points at the end of a game, knowing that DeMar DeRozan's on that court and he does not take too kindly to anyone kind of trying to juice their stats at the end of the game? I am predicting a fist fight between DeMar DeRozan <laughs> and Joe Mazzulla. DeMar DeRozan better That's watch out because uh, Joe Jitsu would, is going to take him down. No, no. Seriously, though, I would not be surprised if Joe wants to win this thing and if it's close. Like, I don't think it'll be egregious where they're up 10 with five minutes left and he's got guys in going crazy. But... You know, if, if it's a 21-point game, why would you not try to push it out to 23? Why would you not leave the starters in for another minute or two just try to try to win the in-season tournament? Obviously, it doesn't mean everything to the Celtics. It's not the most prestigious <laughs> tournament at this stage. It's such, such a young tournament that its name is still the in-season tournament, which is insane it's, to me. It's going to be think, like the Netflix you couldn't think, tournament. But you couldn't just name it after somebody? Like, no, because... Sell the naming rights then, so because next year it's going to be the Netflix Cup or the Amazon Cup. It's all about like having something to sell. The in-season tournament, sick. Um, but yeah, I, I think if it's close, he probably pushes for it. But I don't think it'll be like too egregious. It would it would be funny though if they're like they're like fouling while up twenty-two at the end of the game, and Demar Derozan is cussing out guys on the Celtics sideline. Jason Tatum is super disappointed because he hates point kind of being like he's an integrity in the game type of guy, I guess. So I don't know. But DeMar DeRozan being involved in in multiple like honor of the game type <laughs> type uh, arguments is just fantastic. I love that that's his lane. Well, I mean, DeRozan's got bigger problems. DeRozan's gonna be fighting its own teammates. It's not the Bulls are playing right now. So if if they're either a team that like is ripe for a, they could either come out like ride the troops and you know go for a win, or they could easily fall behind by forty in this game for the Bulls based on how they've been playing lately. But I'm gonna I'm gonna think here. If I'm Joe Mazzulla in this game, and they're up by twelve, eight minutes left, I go to the I go to my deep bench and say, Hey guys, you guys want five hundred thousand dollars? Here you go. Go on the floor, run this score up. I like that. Get, get, I like get a ten zero run. Like listen. You're not going to lean on Tatum. You're not going to lean on Jalen to do this for you. You guys want this money. Go get it. Go get it. And you know, team. Pritchard would be sitting there like, I've been waiting for this. I've been waiting for this. I've wanted this attitude. Peyton Pritchard, oh is, the Peyton Pritchard is the key to the Celtics winning by 23 points. They just need to give turn him the ball, give him the ball, six minutes left in the game, and just be like, Peyton, go off, do whatever you can. Because it doesn't seem like Jason Tatum, from his answer uh, after the Hawks game, was like, going to be willing to be launching threes that's a good point yeah he doesn't team. want to do that so maybe you if you actually want to get that point differential you, you he's, put it he's kind of a big shoot threes in garbage time type guy maybe he's not as much as jason not, not garbage time per se but when they're up like 15 
he tends to shoot more threes. You I need Hauser, you need Pritchard, and you just need them to just chuck in threes uh, for the final six minutes of the game, full court press the entire time. I think that would be entertaining as hell. But if I'm actually making a prediction, I think the Celtics win by like 13 points. Um, and then Joe just like doesn't really go for it because he has much bigger goals than the in-season tournament. Agreed. The coaches don't get money, do they? They do. The coaches yes. do. They get incentive. Every no. all the assistant coaches get the, yeah, the whole, yeah, I guess yeah, I think not five hundred thousand, uh, but yeah. they get some large sum of money. That was negotiated before the year. Like the coaches said, hey, you know, yeah, I'm, we I'm playing those guys forever. <laughs> <laughs> Give me that bonus, man. If I'm if I'm like Charles Lee sitting on the sideline, if I'm Phil Pressy sitting on the sideline, I'm I'm pushing Joe to maybe to maybe really we should get Derek White back in the game. Maybe like maybe, let's push Horford to you know 40 minutes tonight. Uh, let's see what happens. Yeah. All right. That is going to do it for us. Thank you to FanDuel for sponsoring us. Uh thank you to everyone who participated in the chat. If you want to hear more Still Potable, we are here for you every single day, Monday through Friday. Go to patreon.com slash stillpotable, and you can subscribe and get all of our content. You can come in as a kid for $5 a month and get two additional episodes a week, or come in as a god and get for $10 a month and get every single episode that week. Or if you want to be a legend and for $25 a month, you can be with us for every single podcast. We'll send you the link. You can appear on the show. It, honestly, if you wanted to, you could just become a fourth member of the show. Uh, we're giving you that amount of access. You could give a take on every single let's, let's episode. Let's not promise. Things hey, if they're a legend, if they're a legend, they have access to that. That's what we get from the legend tier. Um, but if you enjoy the show, uh, we're really trying to create something cool over there. Uh, it's still potable Patreon. Uh, a big community where there's a, a live chat that's very active during the games, uh, comments on all the posts. Uh, so we're trying to create something cool over there. So if you enjoy what you heard today on the free pod, please go to patreon.com slash still potable uh, and subscribe. Thanks to everyone who participated in the chat today. Thanks to CLNS. Thanks to Amit for producing. And we will catch you next week here on Still Potable!